Welcome to All About the Benefits. This show is dedicated to helping you better understand the world of benefits so that you can better serve those that serve you. And now, here's your host, Lori Jewett. All right, you guys, welcome back. I am super excited to introduce today's guest. Um, Imposter syndrome is an understatement today, but I'm with Drewby Wilson. Um, Those of y'all that have heard us talk about Apex, um, know exactly who Drewby is or the Apex members. Um, I've got my list of all of the things that you do, Drewby, that I was going to introduce. And I'm like, I don't want to forget anything. So aside from VP of Break Free Academy, multi-time best-selling author, podcaster, um, founder of Closer Memes. Tell us a little bit about you and how did you get into all these awesome things? Because we have a very similar background. Originally, you know, you were in the insurance business at one point. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, Lori, first, before I do that, thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here. Thank you to the listener who is, you know, taking time to be here and, and spend some time with us hearing what we have to say. This is always one of those things for me when I, you, you talk about imposter syndrome, right? Growing up, I was a kid who kind of came up in some funny situations, had some issues with drugs and addiction and all the different things that, you know, we can make a lot of stories and excuses for um, or reasons to be victims. But at the end of the day, uh, for me personally, I have made it a point to really try to just overcome a lot of those situations in life and be focused on what do I want? What opportunity has been presented to me? And what can I do to really go out there and make the most of it? And so if anyone's here listening to us, like I truly am grateful and appreciate that because I know what it takes to go on that journey. And I know how imposter syndrome can really keep people from taking that first step because they don't want to feel as though they're less than or as they don't deserve to have the success that's rightfully everyone who is on this planet, right? If you're here and you're listening to this, you have uh, a right to be successful and to have happiness in your life. But most people kind of misconstrue what happiness and success is. A lot of people have a different version of it, or they kind of fall into this. If it's not this specific way, then it's not truly success. And I just want to remind you that, you know, hey, whatever you want out of life, if you want to take vacations and have a job where you make a certain dollar amount and get to live a certain way, that's great. If you want Lambos and private jets and mansions and all the things that go along with money, that's great too. If you just want to donate and have great charities and I'm all for whatever you want out of life. So long as your focus is doing the right thing and being a good person, but most people have misconstrued what success is to them. And so they're chasing something that doesn't truly matter. And so my big mission right now in life, especially this year has been focused on really helping people understand that whatever your version of success is, it's out there for you. It's waiting. You just have to make the decision to get clear on what that looks like and then start going after it. And so for me, why am I here? And what's my point of being to tell the story, right? Like at one point in my life, I weighed over 300 pounds. So I've lost hundred pounds in my life more than once because I lost it, then gained it all back and then lost it again. And along the way, I've gone up and down on that roller coaster because body dysmorphia is a real thing and I suffer from it. But I also know that it can be overcome, right? If you just put in the work and go after it with intention, you don't have to be the person who can't enjoy life because you didn't make the time to focus on your health and wellness. Because time is truly our one valuable resource. You can't buy it. 
You can't win it in the poker tournament. Nobody gets a box of it for Christmas. So once again, if you're taking the time to be here with us and to listen, like I am truly grateful for that because I know that time is something that's really important. And so to kind of get off my my soapbox for a minute, you know, I really just want the listener to understand for me, like it is an honor to be here because I know what that time is worth. And I hope that, the you know, I hope whoever hears this, if just one person can take something and, and implement it in their life to find a new level of success or greatness, then I'll know our time here was worth it. I absolutely love that. And I love that. So I'm sitting here, I brought my 10 copies of your new book are not here yet because between Amazon issues and uh, two snowstorms, they're supposed to be here today. And I'm like, please get here before four o'clock. They didn't. But so, you know, the you're crushing the day book, which this doesn't air in audio. I don't know why I always hold up books and stuff, but that's okay. You see it, right? <laughs> but, I see yeah. it. We're holding the book up. Go to Amazon, crushing the day. Bye. Yes. And we're going to put the there link in the description. So when did this book come out? It was that book was originally released back in 2021. Okay. February of 21, two years ago. So my daughter would have been 13 and when she read this and absolutely loved it. We, my husband, Dean and um, Tay and I all three read it and got, I think, different things from it, which is totally cool. But the and I've, I've listened to you on podcasts where you talked about the, you know, things you would do different and that you, hearing you t- loving your book and hearing you talk about the just do it, just put it out. Don't you know, don't overthink it. Take the imperfect action kind of got me over some of my, I've been, so I hired Hillary like seven months ago. It's absurd. I was supposed to, my book was supposed to be released by now, but I like held myself back and talked myself out of it. Right and it, right right? And I've heard you talk about it. So that, that tells me whenever, um, there's so many people that I look up to that I'm able to say, okay, well, they struggled with the same thing. The, you know, how much of my story do I put out? The, so, and you put a lot of your personal life in this book. It was an amazing book. You talked about, you know, your biking and things like that. So what was your inspiration to put the book out? So for the book, it was one of those things. It was a, a moment in my life where I was kind of at the apex of my success, right? I was at peak performance, as they say. Mm-hmm. I was making the most money. I was in the best shape of my life. My relationship was at a strong point. You know, it has always like all relationships had ups and downs, but at that point it was like really, really strong. And like, I was going, okay, I've done a lot of things. I've had a lot of success in my life of of this massive change that I've experienced in a few years. And part of what we teach in our community is really how to solidify yourself as an authority figure in your marketplace and for your industry. And so for me to be able to go out into the world and say, hey, I can help you find and become a better version of yourself. I can help you understand time management. I can help you understand sales and follow up and how to be more organized. I had to be able to prove that. And I can say all those things and I can, you know, talk about that, but it's if you think about it like this, if you go in and you have a conversation and you're up against someone else that offers the same product or service, right? Let's use the insurance as an example. If someone comes to your office and is like, well, I'm thinking about insurance coverage, you know, I might want to do business with you. So you give them their quotes and you do the whole thing. And before they leave, instead of you giving them a folder with your business card tucked in there, like every other insurance agent, you're like, hey, by the way, here's a copy of my book. 
I wrote the book on insurance and this and that and whatever. Like, this is how we really focus on this as a family agency and why it's so important to us. And a little bit of our personal story of how we got here. I just love for you to take this with you as a gift, you know, whether you do business with us or not. And then they go and they're like, man, that's crazy. This guy's an author. Like a lot of people want to write a book, but nobody's ever, I don't know anybody that's written a book. That's crazy. And so they go to the next office and they get their quotes and the guy in khakis hands them their folder <laughs> with his business card in it. And he's like, all right, John, here's your, your quotes. I'll call you back. And he leaves. And then the guy's like, man, do I do business with the guy in khakis that was just focused on saving me 20 bucks a month? Or do I want to do business with the person who literally gave me this book? Like that was cool. And then also is, you know, I, I kind of glanced at the story and saw that they've been in this business for 25 years and that their family's been around yada, yada. Where do you think it's going to go? Right. That's an authority piece. There's something to the book that really solidifies who you are and what you're about. And so for me, when I was writing my book, Crushing the Day, it was like, hey, if I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to be this person and I'm going to talk about it, I got to be able to walk the walk. And so I need to be able to prove, hey, I'm somebody that's done something. And if I said I'll write a book about it and I'll be the guy that's an expert on crushing the day and I'm going to know time management and I'm going to understand sales and service at that high level, I need to be able to show that. And so that was really the point of writing the book is to tell my story, how I got to where I was, what I would consider the peak of my life and what story, like what stories I had to tell to really learn those lessons that allowed me to have the wisdom to reach that point. I absolutely love that. And before we talk about the new book and the crazy story behind that, because talk about imposter syndrome, I'm going on like seven or eight months. I don't even know. And you're like, oh, 24 hours, let's do this. But you know, you just said something that kind of, I think, made me realize where a spark of inspiration came from. So, you know, the the Apex Mastermind that, you like you said, that's one of the things, become an authority. And Apex has literally changed my life completely. All for the better, obviously. Um, but, I mean, it, I, it, I don't drink anymore. I have completely changed my career path. Um, and you were talking about, you know, whatever success looks like for you. So, I took a multi six figure pay cut and I now work for the church. <laughs> I still sell insurance on the side and I've got all my other stuff going on. But as far as like my main day to day thing, and I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and they mentioned something about a coffee table book that I need to do a coffee table book. Well, I took that idea. And as you were talking, I'm realizing where the inspiration came from, maybe a podcast or one of your posts or something. But so rather than just me do the coffee table book, I ran it by our pastor. And what we're going to do is we're going to have everybody in the church write a super brief, like one or two sentences, something, some blessing, something that they were blessed with, maybe like a blessing in disguise. We're not really clear on that part yet. Um, and then put it into a book. And that's going to be our welcome gift for church visitors. So beautiful. I it literally as you're talking, I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's where that part of that spark of inspiration came from. So. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now I want to talk about the new book because it all started with like a, a webinar, right? Yeah. So the new book, Social Media Mastery, is a culmination of things, right? So when I <clears throat> was an insurance producer, so I wasn't even an agent. I was like a sales guy in an agency for someone, you know, as a family member that owned it. And my job was sales. And as I said earlier, I wanted to learn marketing so that I could make more sales because I wanted to make more money. That was like my whole thing. I want to make more money. So I need to make more sales because I only get paid when I produce new business. I wasn't the agent. So I didn't get that recurring revenue. 
you know, that's a big picture play in insurance, right? The sexy play of it is the recurring. I only got paid on new business. So to me, I was like, hey, I got to learn marketing. I got to learn how to find people to talk to. And at the time, I realized that social media was the platform to really get out there and get in front of people. I mean, millions and millions of users and so many people on the platform every day. If I could just learn how to get in front of the right people and let them know this is what I offer, then maybe I can have more conversations and make more sales. So I came into the Apex wanting to learn how to use Facebook and run Facebook ads to get more insurance leads. And over the last four years, being a part of the program, building a marketing company, launching a software company, going through the whole process that we teach in the community, but like actually implementing everything, um, I started becoming an expert at social media. I've generated millions of impressions. I have multiple softwares and you know courses that we've sold thousands of copies of just using organic social media, not using any paid advertising for the majority of what we've done. We've run paid ads and honestly found that it was more expensive to run the paid ads than it was for us to just go back and doing the organic stuff on social media. So that book started because I went on to our Apex community and said, hey guys, in the last four years of going through this and implementing it and doing it, here's what I've learned here. Here's where I've learned to kind of make it my own style and my own flavor. And here's the result. 13 plus million dollars in sales. Thousands of transactions with people from across the world. Thousands of people have bought my online course and bought my books. So I took all of that and I boiled it down to this webinar where I spent, I don't know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour talking about the whole process, kind of what I do, why I do. And thought, you know, man, this is really felt real good about it. You ever do something that you're like, that was awesome. I just had the fire in that one. I was crushing it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So I was kind of sitting there thinking about what I could do with that. Because one of the things I always talk about is, you know, how do you repurpose content? Why do something once and not do it without some sort of purpose or additional reason to reuse it in the future? So I said, well, maybe I'll make this like an ebook, And I can just do like a short little ebook that we can give away to new Apex members and help them kind of boil down real quickly what that social media process is. Because a lot of people get imposter syndrome. A lot of people are like, well... What am I going to post? What should I talk about? I don't know what what makes me an authority to do this. And so that story, the book is really just me. Hey, here's how I was an insurance guy that kind of didn't use social media, didn't really like social media to a couple of years later, I've made more than a million dollars in paid commissions strictly from stuff done on social media, making sales, creating consulting businesses, softwares. It's crazy to think about, right? Yeah. Sometimes it sounds kind of braggadocious, but it's the truth. By becoming a master of social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, understanding the algorithm and how the content gets in front of the right people, it's allowed me to help a lot of folks and make a lot of money. So I took that whole thing, like had it transcribed, thought I was like, I'll make an ebook and then got it and said, no, there's something bigger here. There's something about this. There's some, there's a lesson, there's an experience that I can share and show the power of really what this is. And it was also kind of like a meme because I am the meme Lord and I love doing silly things. So I was like, well, I'm going to do a webinar on social media and turn it into a book on social media that I launch using only social media to become a best-selling book about social media. And that's exactly why I call my shop Babe Ruth style. I, I messed around. <laughs> I was like, hey man, I think I'm going to do this and I'm pretty sure I can make this happen. And I think I can do it in less than 30 days. And he's like, hey man, that's a tall order, but okay. 18 days later, we launched, we had a bestseller within 24 hours, a um, couple hundred copies have sold in the first two weeks, I think, 
since we launched it. And uh, I don't know, it's been really fun. <laughs> and well, but that's awesome though that you took the idea from literally from webinar to a book in less than a month, 18 days, I guess. That's 18 I mean, days total. That is the the definition of just taking action. I, I've had a lot of people on here from Apex that, you know, Miranda Jiggins and I had an entire conversation. We could have talked about it for four hours about taking action. And she says a lot of her events and stuff, she'll post it before she ever creates the like the ticket sales event or anything. She's like, let's see what the interest is. Let's just do it. And I'm like, okay, that's, I'm, I'm trying to get better at that and making an effort, but it's awesome though, that you've able to, you were able to do that. And there was a teaser that you posted on Facebook a couple of days ago or a week or so ago about something else that you've got in the works, right? Yep. So I, funny enough, like you, I have a book that I started about 12 months ago that I paid a publisher to work on and I got the first draft and did absolutely nothing with, uh, cause I was busy and made every excuse in the book. And so I do have another book coming out called the Meme Lord. And that's where I talk about, you know, memes and marketing and how I've been able to build a multi-million dollar uh, empire using memes in my sales and follow-up process and part of my biz, like biz marketing strategy. And that's crazy to think because, you know, again, here's something that was just like a silly idea that I was doing one day that I turned into a digital course that has sold a couple thousand copies that. I like, I'm not one to take credit for other people's business, right? Like, I don't want to be that guy that's like, well, my clients have done 10 bajillion dollars in sales because that's lame. But I know, like, for real, for real, people have done multi, multi eight figures in deals using memes. Like, I have a corporate guy that had did like a big software deal, multi million dollars. I had a real estate agent that's gotten several million plus dollar listings using memes. It's crazy that the way that they work. And so, you know, I committed to the life. I tattooed it across my knuckles. You guys can't see it on camera, but like, I'm that guy. I'm I'm full send on memes. I love them. I use them. I, I send them a lot. And so I have a book where I really break into the psychological side of memes, kind of where it comes from originally. So most people don't know it. The term itself comes from a book that was written back in 1979 that has to do with biology and about Darwinism. Right. You're like, oh, I didn't, I nope. would have known okay. that because memes um, like a meme is really just a transfer of information. So like in that original book, it talks about how like if one monkey saw another monkey use a rock to crack open a coconut and then went back to its little monkey society and was like, hey, check this shit out. And started cracking <laughs> coconuts. Right. That was meme and memetics was, was like the original term. It was a transfer of information between societies. And so as we progressed as a society and we went from like, did you know, not digital shit to being on the Internet, the transfer of information changed and the speed of which that transfer of information changed. And so when we think about in 2023, when we're recording this podcast, when we hear the word meme, we start thinking viral videos, viral pictures, baby Yoda, the lady yelling at the cat, <laughs> right? Like all these images that we start having seen over and over and over trending over and over. But what's powerful is that we recognize that image and every time we see it, we stop to look at what's different about it because the text has changed. There's something slightly altered and we know when we see it that it's supposed to be a transfer of information. So suddenly our lizard brain starts stopping and going, well, okay, hold on. I've seen this before. What What's different about it? Why am I intrigued by this? Like one of like, and these little things, these firing in our brain, these little synapses, right? And we start looking at it and it's like, well, is it funny? 
do I want to send it to somebody? Because everybody has that group in their phone of like <laughs> friends that they send memes that they can't share in public. Oh, the real range of like raunchy stuff. <laughs> like it is what I'm not judging because everybody's got their own version of it. But that's the point. Everybody has it. Every age capacity, every interest level, there's a group for something, right? If you have a hobby and interest, there are memes that float around and you have relatability. And so as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, it's important to recognize that because your goal as a business owner and entrepreneur is to attract more like-minded people who could potentially need your service or know someone who could need your service. So the book really starts diving deep on like, okay, what's the reasoning and how do we start understanding that as a business owner and entrepreneur who operates with intention, how can we start understanding these social trends and using them to make sure that our message is in front of the right people at the right time. I absolutely love it. And that's that's something that I think we hear, or at least I heard. And it's like, oh, you know, use memes. But then you've used memes on us through my husband, Dean. But we were at a um, at Million Mastermind or we were at something that Ryan brought you up on stage and said, anybody who's gotten this meme and he put the the you good, the Ace Ventura meme and he said, anybody who, who's received this meme from Drupy, raise your hand. And like, I, I would say probably three quarters of the room was like, yeah, um, it works. It, it's funny. I don't I know how, it. but it, it, it works. Actually, I do know how, because it's so different than what everybody else is doing. The, you know, hey, just following up. Did you think about that quote? No, just the, you have so many good ones that you share in the sales talk Facebook group that. I, I, it's awesome. And I think almost every time you share one, there's so many people in the comments that do their screenshots of how it worked for them and the response they got. Right. That's one of my, you know, it's funny, Lori. And that's really one of the things that I love about doing these conversations and being able to step out and share, because I'm truly at a point in my life where I'm thinking so abundantly that I'm willing to give away stuff that I know will help others be successful. Because at some point somebody did that for me. Right. At some point in my journey, there have been a lot of really smart men and women who have taken time out of their day to say, hey, dummy, like I like your I like your uh, your your chutzpah there, but you got some things to figure out, kid. And they, they were pouring into me and they really made a point to help me understand how to be a better person. And I didn't always recognize that at the time. Right. Hindsight's 2020 and school is yep. very expensive. You don't understand some of the relationships and things that you don't have now and how valuable they were then if you'd have recognized it. But like for me to be able to show up and say, hey, here's a meme that's made me tens of thousands of dollars in commissions, see if it works. And then to see people be like, oh, my God, I can't believe it worked. That's awesome. And I think that's the beautiful thing about someone like you who said, hey, I'm going to you know, step away from the, the job and all the money and the things to really focus on a passion and doing right for people, understanding that, yes, you still have to make money and you still have to survive and you have responsibilities and, you know, non-negotiables. but so many people operate in that scarcity mindset of like, well, if I tell someone my secrets, they're going to know it and then I'm going to be without. And yeah, that could be true. But let's be honest, it's not likely the case. And we know if you operate with a go-giver mentality and you just focus on understanding that you can't outgive the universe, then everything's going to be good. And you can live with this like, hey, let me share this with you. Let me let me help you. And, it, and it's there's a line, right? Boundaries are an important thing and understanding when you go from being, you know, a servant to an enabler 
there's a whole different line of conversation we could go down with that. But just understanding that it's okay to give. It's okay to share knowledge and wisdom and to transfer information, right? To share memes, if you will. Because that's what allows all of us to reach that next level. It's what allows all of us to learn because there's not enough time for any one of us to learn everything there is to learn, right? Nobody's going to get like zapped by lightning and be like, you know it all, right? You're the ultimate Google machine. I mean, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. But we can say, hey, I'll get around people and I'll focus on sharing what I know and the lessons that I've been through in the hopes that emptying some of my cup into the people around me will just make room for others that they can pour into me. I mean, it's crazy how life changes when you start thinking that way. Absolutely. And that that's one of the ways that Apex literally changed everything for us. So we're going on, actually, I think, I think Dean just renewed after his two years and I'll be renewing in a couple months because I joined, I texted Zach before MDM even, even started that year because Dean's like, do you want to join? I'm like, no. And so we literally paid for two other people to join that were not me because I'm like, uh, no, talk about imposter syndrome. We get to MDM and I'm like, give me Zach's number. So I texted Zach and I'm like, how do I give you my credit card? I got to join. Um, yeah, I love it. But that's one of the biggest things is everyone, not only does everyone just give and everybody's a go-giver and wants to share, that it encourages you, you, they encourage you to do the same or me to do the same, everybody. And one of the biggest things that it took me way too long to learn, because I'm like, what do I have to teach these people? Here you have like, you know, the the Drubies and the Zach Williams and Brandon Brittinghams and all of these people that... Like, what can I teach them? But every single time I've posted even a question, even if I have a question that I ask, I've gotten DMs from people. Hey, I had that same question and I was scared to ask. So thanks for thanks for putting it out there because people in the community are so willing to help. And I, I got on a call with Amy Hesper this morning and she was giving me advice on things that weren't even like relevant to our call. She's like, hey, I know you're doing this. So and I've got a, a sheet of notes. And that's just that's the mentality. That's crazy? how. It is. And you know, the crazy thing is Amy was the first person that I really met her and Chad, I think Jackson, I think is his last name. Mm -hmm. um, those are they're the first two. We went to one of the like after or the before dinners, whatever the night before. And we sat at a table with them. So she was like literally one of the very first people that I met. And now we've connected and we're actually collaborating. She's going to um, do the artwork for the background of that book that I'm doing for the church because, you know, her. She writes mm -hmm. devotional books. So it's just perfect. It's just such a perfect fit. But I mean, I, I could tell you, I could go on for hours and talk about all of the people that have just given information. And I, when I hire somebody to help me with something, any coaching, I obviously go through Apex because I've gotten so much out of the group that I want to, you know, give back and support. But just that mentality and it, it trickles down, right? Because people see you guys doing it. They see somebody like Drewby giving away free memes instead of like charging for it. And so then it just trickles down and everybody wants to to give and do the same. And I just, I love that. I love that, that about the environment. No, I appreciate that. And I think it's one of those things where it's really a matter of deciding what you want out of life, right? I talked about this early on, right? Success is a perspective. <clears throat> what you decide you want is going to be different than what I decide that I want. And there are two different kinds of people. There are people who will decide that you're wrong because what you want isn't what I want. And that's not okay. Like, I, what do you mean? You don't want what I want. I'm, my version is the right way. I'm the, you know, it's weird. 
And then you have the other side of it, which is kind of few and far between, but we, you know, birds of a feather, we all flock together in a sense. It's like, Hey, all right, cool. How can I help you? How can I help pour into helping you make that a reality for me? You know, I'm on this, this, and this. And for you, you want this, this, and this. Sometimes we align. Sometimes we don't because that's the beauty of life is we all have our own opinion and we all have a right to having an opinion so long as that we're all sharing in our core values and we're on the same mission. Hey, are we going to help more people take that step to become the greatest version of themselves? Are we going to focus on living by these core values so that we know at any point our integrity can't be called into question and our respect level is always at a maximum because this is how we operate and we focus on going above and beyond for people. Because even if they did us wrong, we know that in the end, it plays out in our favor. Right? There's so many different little things about that. And I think, like you said, a lot of folks are afraid to be vulnerable. right? Because being vulnerable means you're weak. And being weak is not something that anybody wants to appear as or to accept and say that they are. And like I get it because I'm that guy. I don't like. I used to hate going to the gym. Cause I always felt like people were watching me and I couldn't do pushups really well. And like, I was always kind of overweight and not in shape. And I was like, these people are judging me and I don't want to do like, I felt very judged and I didn't like that. <clears throat> but when you get around people who want to see you win, when you get around people who decide, Hey, I don't care if you can do five pushups or 500 pushups, I'm going to cheer for you, whatever number you're on. That's when things change. And it's weird to think that way. And I know a lot of people are kind of like, well, that's some woo-woo, foo-foo kind of stuff. And maybe, but you know, if your way's not been working for you and you've been beating your head against the wall for the last six months or a year or heck, even a couple of years at this point for some people, and you're not seeing the results you want and you're not seeing anything change, well, maybe you need to take 10 steps back and look at the bigger picture. Because a lot of the times it's the people that you've surrounded yourself with that are keeping you from being able to see that perspective, from recognizing that if you just step back and took two steps to the right and pointed off towards the sunset, you'd be headed towards destiny. But you're over here looking in the wrong direction because you've decided that the opinion of someone else or that their version of what it's supposed to look like is the only version. And that's not the case. It's okay to like get clarity and be who you want to be and to really be honest with yourself. And until you do that, it's going to be hard to find success because if you don't have a clear view of what the target is, how can you hit it? Getting around the right people can help you find that clarity too. Like you said, getting on a call with somebody who's had life experience, personal or professional, that's willing to share that with you just so that you don't have to make those mistakes or go down that path. That can't be like a, it can be bought, like you can buy coaching and mentoring, you know, obviously that's what we sell. But at the same time, the number of people in the community who are willing to share that information is, in, it's invaluable. And what you get out of is what you put into it. And Laura, you're a great example of someone who said, hey, I don't know what I don't know, right? Like, that's why I'm here. But there are life experiences that you've had, conversations that you've been a part of, people that you've had interactions with where you were able to take that experience, turn it into wisdom and share it with our community, share it with your podcast listeners. And that's the kind of stuff that trickles down in a big picture that we don't see it now, but it's like the butterfly effect, right? It flaps its wings. And in five years, someone hears this and they're like, holy mackerel, I can't believe that. That's crazy. And, you know, we could be long gone and dead, right? People are always like, oh, I'm afraid to start a podcast. Okay. Well, I always was like weird about podcasts too. And then a few months ago, my mother-in-law, God love her. She says, Hey, I don't know if you realize this, but you know, if you died, 
your son has 600 episodes of you talking for four or five minutes about motivation and inspiration and like really powerful messages. It's like, makes me want to tear up just thinking about that. Yeah, right? that's I didn't amazing. Think about that. No. But holy smokes. How many people pass away whose kids never get to hear their voice or like have a voicemail that they call every day to hear like, go record the podcast. It could sound stupid. Who cares? 10 listeners, 10,000 doesn't matter. If you got one and that one person gets something from it, then that's all that's really important. And that is an amazing perspective. I've never thought of it that way, but that, I mean, that's awesome yep. to, to think of that. Powerful, and, right? Yeah. Well, I'm like the same thing with the book and, you know, whatever else. And of course I'm thinking I, I, in my book, I talk a lot about my granddad and he died in 98. So I don't have much. We have some, like, we're actually talking the other day. I'm like, I got to find some of the old like VHS tapes or something, but I don't have a way to just listen to his voice. I can't go on Apple podcasts and pull it up. So that is an awesome, um, awesome perspective that she brought up. Shout out to my mother-in-law. She, yeah. She's coming through. She's a little wily sometimes and I love her, but you know how much that's mother-in-laws. All mother-in-laws are a little crazy. It's just be like that. But uh, she's a good one. Shout out to Sarah. <laughs> so, Let's see what else. I had so many things that we, we could talk about and I didn't want to. So you've got your your podcast and I know it's kind of just what we do is we do the podcast and all that. But other than having, you know, having all that recording for your son later on, what is the the best part of having your pod? I mean, having your own show. Um, Honestly, at this point, for me, it's forcing myself to remain consistent and create episodes. So I have a daily podcast that comes out Monday through Friday, five days a week. So I've been doing it going on two and a half years now. I just recorded episode 679 here in the last day or two. And so for me, it's a grind. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've said the same thing a hundred times already. And I probably have, to be honest with you. But again, when my mother-in-law said, hey, these are messages that your son will have forever. It's like, damn, yeah. I can't quit now. <laughs> like, and, I, and that's one of the things Ryan told me when I started it. I was like, Hey man, I'm gonna start a podcast. And he's like, that's cool. Don't quit. Uh, that was like kind of his whole, like, all right, that's cool, man. Don't quit. God love him. Cause he's he knows, you know, yeah. he's like, if you get someone all hyped, like, Oh, it's going to be amazing. Like most people are do two episodes and they won't do anything. You're like, no, nah, man, that's cool. Don't quit. Cause that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Most people quit. Whether it's in their fitness, it's in their business, it's in their podcast, in their relationship, right? A lot of people just decide to quit because mm-hmm. it's easier. Quitting is the easy option. Eh, fuck, I don't want to do the work. I'll just do something else. <laughs> but they always end up finding some other way to do the same shit that they were doing in the situation they were in before, but just in a different situation. Yeah. So that's what I think about now. For me, the like the, the blessing and the curse of having my own podcast is having to sit down and do the podcasts every week because I force myself to do five new episodes a week. I could batch it out and do like a whole bunch and be ahead, but I don't want to do that. I love the idea of knowing, Hey, I got to show up every week and I got to put in the reps and some weeks I spit fire and some weeks I spit hot garbage and some weeks it's just, it is what it is. But every couple of weeks I go in and I do the work and every week I record fresh episodes. And then now because someone else out there said, hey, it's a lot of people that say they do podcasts, but how many of you are a podcast pro? 
right? So like there's podcasters and then there's podcast mm-hmm. pros. It's like, well, I don't know. What the fuck does it mean to be a podcast pro? <laughs> it's like, what? what is that? How do you qualify being a professional podcaster? What does that even mean? Like, do you get paid? Do you, you know, because I've gotten paid to be on podcasts. I've gotten, you know, sponsorship dollars and stuff. So like, does that make you a pro? Is it like so <laughs> many reps in the gym, right? Like, I don't know. I did a thousand podcasts. Does that make me a pro? <laughs> so that, you know, these are the little like, these are the silly little things that we put on ourselves that keep us from taking action because we hear that. And then we're like, well, I've only done one podcast and like, I'll never become a pro. Well, maybe not with that attitude, but right? if you're, you're like, well, I'm going to just do a podcast every week until I'm really good at podcasting. Well, you might look up five, six weeks from now and feel like I'm really doing well at this. You could look up a year from now and be like, you know what? I've only had seven listeners a week for the last seven months, but you know what? This month I got 70 and that's going to feel really awesome. So just understand whatever it is that you want, don't quit. You want to start a podcast? Awesome. Don't quit. You want to write a book? Don't quit. You want to lose weight? Don't quit. You want a better relationship? Don't quit. Like that. It's silly how simple it is and how many people overlook the simplicity of it. But that's the truth. But we I love to overcomplicate the consistency. Yeah, you ain't lying. I mean, you ain't lying. I, I, especially before I joined Apex, and I still get back into my analysis paralysis, but that's where I lived. I overthought, and I still overthink everything. Everybody listening to this is probably laughing because they're like, yeah, I talk about it all the time, my overthinking. But believe it or not, it's gotten so much better. Um, but so, yeah, with the the podcasting, I saw. Um, before I even started it, I saw something that Ryan posted whenever he announced, and it's been a long time ago, he announced that he was no longer going to be a guest on anybody's podcast because everybody's got a podcast and nobody makes it past episode, whatever. And, you know, if you get to a hundred, then I'll be on. And I, so I saw that and all the comments about that. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing a podcast. Absolutely not. And then one of my first guests was Steve Gamelin. And he essentially told me the same thing. He said, get past eight. Most podcasters do not get past eight episodes. Once you get past that, and for all I know, he made up that number. I don't know. Steve, if you're listening to that, let me know if you made that number up or not. But once I hit eight, I was like, oh, I can do this. And I've not missed a week since. So I'm like, I I just needed that don't quit. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I'm going to disappoint everybody if I do. And I do get every once in a while, I'll get a text message from somebody I don't even know is listening. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Um. That's the butterfly effect right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that's the thing with, you know, just the whole Apex network. And I think I've, I've brought, I've mentioned Apex and how it changed my life literally on almost every episode. Um, and the first couple, I tried to overcomplicate it. And at one point, my husband, he's like, wow, you didn't overcomplicate explaining Apex this time. And I'm like, you know what? Eighth time's a charm, apparently. But I, I got to Practice. just, you know, the, yeah, the mastermind. But it is that butterfly effect that you see the, you know, little, just little things that we don't realize. Like I, two years ago, I would have not had the courage to walk away from everything that I've known for the last, like going on 17 years. Absolutely not. I would have just stayed and doing what I was supposed to do because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? That wasn't my vision. It's just a vision that kind of became mine over the years and through, you know, the the exercise that Ryan does, the um, greatest version of yourself, that exercise, like I, I didn't see myself in that role anymore. 
Um, I did not realize that it was going to be working with kids. My teenage daughter was just baffled. She's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I told them I'm not great with teenagers, but it's fine. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, the universe does that. Uh, right. Well, it's super funny. And I know we're getting close to time, but this morning you posted, um, and I don't remember the exact meme or quote that you posted, but essentially it was, do you remember exactly what it said? Something about pray uh, your... Oh, for this morning? Yeah, basically it was like, you can judge people or you can yes. pray for them. One will benefit nobody and one blesses you both. So this morning, I you know I saw that. And a couple hours ago, I texted my friend Tiffany who joined Apex because of the life change that she watched Dean and I go through. Um, and now mm. she's an apex for life. So I texted her and I said, I need you to talk me off this imposter syndrome ledge that I'm on right now. And she said, do you know what you and Drewby have in common or something that have in common today? And I jokingly, I sent her a picture. I said, oh, we're both stroking or, you know, stroking a fuzzy wall to calm down. And she said, well, that may be true, but no, <laughs> you're, you're both going to be praying before and likely praying for the same things. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. So it's, I mean, it, it, and it's true that those little things, because you posted, you know, you just posted your daily post, right? And it trickled down and it, yeah, it just, it, you never know what that butterfly effect is going to be. So people do the right thing and be nice. And then it'll it, come back. It goes a long way. It's funny. Hey, when you just say like, Hey, I'm going to be a good person and I'm going to put good things into the world and I'm only going to accept good things in my life. You get a lot more of it. Yeah. So anyways, I will, I'll make sure that we put the link to, um, your, the books and podcast and all of that stuff. Is there anything that you want to leave people with as we close that we didn't cover already? Um, you know what? I will leave them with this question because we talked a lot about time and time being valuable and where we spend our time. And so I love to ask people this question, what is your time truly worth? Right. And we talked about like, what is your, your self worth? And a lot of people don't know how to answer that question because a lot of people grew up in an hourly wage mentality, 10, 20, $15 an hour, whatever that number was for me, it was 10 bucks an hour was kind of grunt labor. What you got paid. If you got more than that, it was like, Hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so if you don't know the answer to that question, the simple formula is this. Take whatever dollar amount you made last year and divide it by 2000. And here's why. Because if you work a normal 40 hour a week job and you work nine to five Monday through Friday and you take a two week vacation every year, that's kind of the average American dream job, right? You work about 2000 hours a year because 40 times 50 is 2000. And so if you take and made, let's say you made $100,000 last year, and you divide that by 2000, you're going to get $50 an hour. And so for some people, they're like, man, if I made $50 an hour, that would be life changing. That's awesome. For some people, they're like, hey, if I only made 50 bucks an hour, my life would be ruined. I understand. There's levels to this game, right? Like the dollar amount is kind of the arbitrary thing. Because when I ask you this next question, it's going to mess you up. Because if you knew you only had 24 hours left to live and I said, hey, here's 50 bucks, I need you for the next hour, what's your response truly going to be? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot say, of things. There's yeah. a lot of things running through the listeners' mind right now, and most of yeah. them start with a, an expletive word, right? Because we realize at that point, our time is priceless. We would never say if we knew we only had 24 hours left to live to go and do what we needed to do, see the people we needed to see, have the experiences we needed to have. Nobody could buy that time from us. Realistically, and maybe some people are like, well, for a million dollars, I'll go do whatever you want for an hour and I'm going to give that money to my family. No judgment. Again, we're, this is just a hypothetical question, yeah. but the realism is most people, A, don't know what they're truly worth because they've never really calculated that number. And B, most people aren't treating their time as though it's as valuable as it truly is because we don't know how much we truly have. You and I could walk out of this conversation. We could go get in the car to go home or to do something. and We could get hit by a bus and nobody would ever see us again. And I don't pray that. They're like, obviously, I don't want to manifest that. But like, that's the truth. Nobody knows. We could go to sleep tonight and not wake up tomorrow. It's terrible to think about. But healthier and crazier shit has happened to healthy people. Yeah. And so, so many people operate under the mentality that they have time. I'll get to that next week. Hey, I'll take my family on that vacation when. Hey, I'll do that thing that I've been saying I want to do my entire life at some arbitrary date. And then that date just gets pushed further and further out. Because so many people are stuck in this mentality that they're going to work to a point where they don't have to work anymore. That's just not the case. You're forever going to be working. Just accept that. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're an entrepreneur, right? Like that's how it works. <laughs> so stop treating your time like it's in like in, in, in an unending resource. It's limited. Mm-hmm. Treat it as though you appreciate the value of it. And if you're going to invest your time and energy into something, Make sure there's an ROI. Stop wasting time because you don't know how much you're going to get. And now that you realize how much your time is worth, it's time for you to go out and educate yourself so that you can be more value to that time. Because the more value you bring to the time, the more they'll pay you for it. Mm -hmm. Well, that is an awesome way to end, an awesome note to end on. Um, I absolutely love that. And you've got even me thinking, and I'm like, oh goodness, I'm sitting here scratching down notes. So hopefully everybody else is somewhere they can be taking notes too or pause it and rewind it. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's powerful though. The, okay. If you had 24 hours left. Yeah. Get you thinking. It'll get you. And that's what, that's what people need is to, to get thinking. So where is the best place to people for people to find you? So if you want to find me, you can go to drewbywilson.com. It's my personal website. It's got access to my podcast, access to my books, my blog. Um, If you want to reach out to me to learn more about what we do with Apex or anything like that, you just go to drewbywilson.com. I've got everything on there for you. Um, And again, if there's someone out there that hears this and they're like, hey, this message really resonated with me, like it really hit home. I would love for you to reach out to me. Pick a platform, Facebook, Instagram, email. I don't care. Send me a message and let me know, because this is the reason I do these things. I want people to hear the message. I want them to actually take action on the stuff that they're hearing and learning, um, because that's really what creates a result. And I'll know if one person heard this and did something that made a difference in their life, that that's actually a generational impact, because if it changed them, it will change someone in their family. It will change someone in that family of the person they had that conversation with. So thank you, Lori, again, for your time. Thank you for the listener. For being here and again i would love to hear from anyone who found value in this conversation because that's what it's all about yeah i love it definitely reach out um i've reached out to you before and 
well, everybody within the organization is always super quick to to get back. And so, yeah, hopefully you get lots of messages of, hey, that was impactful. And how do I join Apex? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you, Drewby, for your time. Obviously, we know that it is super valuable and I really appreciate you taking the time. And thank you guys for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you, Derby. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of All About the Benefits. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends. 